0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 17 of What's the Chakar? My name is Karan Madhok and I'm the editor and co-founder of The Chakar. The com is an Indian arts review, a celebration of India's artistic creativity where we publish writing on Indian music, film, literature, theater, art, sports, and more. We also publish creative work like poetry, fiction, photography, original art, etc. In this episode, I will interview a number of guests on recent trends in music, literature, and film and TV from India and abroad. In conversation today with Anurag Tagat, Patik Santaram, and Shasta Vashnav, we listen to new music by Kashmiri guitarist and composer Mir Kashif Iqbal, review the film Gehraya, and discuss books by Chandan Pandey and Alice Munro. So strap in, and let's go around the Chakkar. Welcome back, Anurag Target to What's the Chakkar. Anurag joins us from Bangalore, as usual. Anurag, how are you doing, man?
1: Hey, Karan. Yeah, good to be back on What's the Chakkar. Yeah, I'm doing good. You know, just uh, looking forward to some of the shows, some of the things that are happening, and uh, as usual, also covering as much as possible about what's going on in uh, Indian in Indies. So, yeah, that's, it's been nice. So you mentioned um, that you're you're back going
0: to proper shows now. It feels like, <laughs> it feels like you know, BC, AD, like, <inaudible> there's a new era now. Going back out there again, how does it feel to be back in person at, at shows uh, at Indian Indian? Uh, you know, whether it's a bigger festival, are you going to smaller bars, are you going to smaller events, or are you going to bigger festivals? What's up?
1: yeah I think as of now in terms of planning definitely trying to do both like there was a invite to a festival I received uh, earlier this month but I couldn't go mm-hmm. and I mean the thing is you know yeah, at least the music festivals used to happen um, before like summer and things right so that it's actually too hot to like be outside so I think festivals are still also sort of like weighing that option and being like maybe we don't want to do it right now but I think some festivals would just want to you know push it out right now they, they're they doing it so obviously and it's seven weekend uh, that's gonna be one that uh, I'm planning on attending. And I went to a show last week in Bangalore. Here, uh, It was a club show with Aditi maid and uh, Ann Alexander. So it was it was just really nice to to be back, I guess, uh, and to enjoy music on that level. And uh, I mean, I just hope that I get to do it like on on a weekly basis, like I used to, without you know feeling a little odd about it, I guess. Mm. <laughs>
0: Were people masked up or or where where
1: is where is
0: Bangalore right now in terms of the whole, uh, I assume that the distancing is not possible, obviously, but in terms of like, did, did you feel other people were also feeling a bit awkward about it or was it
1: okay? No, I think like uh, everybody else was pretty much in the zone and hmm. they was, you know, going about doing their usual sort of uh, celebrations and just, you know, taking it in. But hmm. uh, no, there are definitely not many people were are masked up at all. I, I don't think... Uh, if anything like I would only say like maybe the staff and, and the crew were more masked up Every, all the you know attendees all the people buying drinks and food and things like that they can't really you know think of being masked up I suppose when you're having drinks and things like that so exactly yeah I don't really expect it any well. yeah I mean like I don't really expect it well. but at the same time I'm trying to do my bit and just sort of like uh, yeah stay protected and stay safe as much as possible
0: yeah, I ask that because um, the only show I've been to in recent years, um, it, uh, so between the second and the third wave, my friend and I went to see Le Fafa in Delhi. And it was like one of those, I, I think we, we basically caught, uh, caught him at the one peak safest moment between the waves where uh, like, uh, it, it, it was a small club and there must, it was just jam-packed with a lot of people and club scene like that. And I I was a little bit paranoid, you know, and, um, and again, it was the same situation where I have the mask on, but I felt really ridiculous having the mask on because I'm drinking and no one else, and people are so close to me. And at some point I just decided, ab hona hai to ho jai. like at this point, there's no, <laughs> there's no escaping it. So uh, fortunately we turned yeah. out okay from that, but, but then Omicron hit within, you know. A few weeks of that so i'm glad i caught that but, but it seems like things things are looking a bit rosier things are looking a bit better looking forward are there any shows coming up that you're looking forward to uh that you're most excited for any artists you're looking forward to seeing over the summer
1: yeah i mean as of now it looks like all indian artists so you know like that's and that's just as well you know i, I think international artists will take a longer to come to india maybe if the pandemic just sort of like subsides the way uh, people wanted to then maybe by the end of the year we might see a little bit more of that. But mm-hmm. until then, I think um, you know, like I, I was uh looking forward to yeah the n7 weekend though that's happening and I'm really looking forward to some of the sets uh mm-hmm. that Loyal is performing and I really enjoy his work. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, a few few others as well yeah like i mean i I just hope it all goes well for you know people at least artists because i think they've been starved for audiences and you know that energy and i really hope that they they get it when when they're out there
0: and one of the things i've noticed is that we spoke about this a couple of months ago and there is now that energy in releasing music i think i think there's a flurry of releases that are like hitting us and i think it feels different now because the last couple of years when the releases hit us it felt that, okay, we can listen to this song in our own privacy, but there's little chance of us actually seeing this being performed. Um, so one of the new releases is the uh, the EP adaptation by Mir Kashif Iqbal. And you interviewed this artist. He's, of course, a form, best known for being, you know, one of the founders and lead guitarist and lyricist of Parvaz. I would say some, one of the most beloved Indian bands of the past decade or so. Um, and, and this is his second solo project. Uh, you... So we decided to choose one of um, uh, Kashif Iqbal's uh, tracks on this latest EP to be your song of the month. But first, before we talk about that song and that album, I want to talk to you about the interview you um, you had with the artist. How did that go? And and uh, what sort of angles did you hit on uh, regarding this particular project?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at, at this point, like I wanted to, uh, I, I had written about like uh, Kashif's like sort of uh, departure from Parvaz. And you know, even though that played out in, in the public sphere the way it did, um, I think that both uh, b- both sides are now just you know doing their own thing. So I w- I wanted to take that sort of way w- with it in the sense of you know I'm not gonna ask him about like Parvaz and I'm not gonna ask him about or oh, you know what happened there or anything like that. And I so want to make sure that there? you know he. <laughs> I mean you know it's all out there to read, man. You know that's that's the thing, right? So um, it 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 just felt like one of those things that uh, like they they kept sort of to themselves. And Mm. uh, yeah, I mean, I I think it's, it's uh, just as well that, you know, like they, they sort of didn't didn't want to turn into a public spectacle than more than it already was. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the media and press are often accused of uh, you know, playing into that narrative more and more. So uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, you know this. If if Kachev is talking about his project at that point, that was the album Peak Wave Descent. Like I wanted to make sure that he he uh, spoke about his mm-hmm. album pretty much. So um, that, that's what I went with. And yeah, he you know offered some great stories about how he was working on the material and you know how he he opened himself up to you know singing after after quite a while. Like I think on Parvaz Records. He's taken a few, like, you know, vocal sort of takes and, you know, he's done like backing vocals and things like that. But here, uh, you know, it's front and center on some of these tracks. So Adaptation EP, uh, which has come out like a few months later, is actually the live version of the of those songs of the album, basically. And yeah, like, I mean, I think it's, it's just a sort of like a slight retelling in some sense. I think definitely more uh, hard hitting, uh, definitely much more, uh, you know, live in the studio sort of, why mm. that definitely comes through an adaptation in piece So um, w- with the album, I felt like he was pu- putting out like what I guess, uh, you know, he-, he was sitting on for a while, whereas this is now him and a bunch of other musicians sort of reinterpreting some of that material. Now, now how would you say, uh,
0: you know, this happens quite often when, um, w- when a, a particular artist departs from a group and then we get to hear what they have to say. And it's always kind of, you know, it, it's it's, it's, it, it could turn out to be a pleasant surprise that like, oh my God, th- there was this, uh, almost as a chupa Rustam. Not that it was chupa, everyone knew the talent, but, but to hear someone's voice as a solo thing is, is, is always fun, right? Um, in your opinion, how is the, I mean, the, the obvious answer is, of course, we get to hear him sing. You already mentioned that. And it was his singing that was kind of underplayed in his previous projects. Uh, how would you say the sound is different of his solo work as compared to the Parva's work?
1: I think it was a sort of a continuation of what he was doing with Parvaz in that sense, you know except now we see here only his tough inputs, obviously, right. So I think the direction that he wanted to take as uh, that he takes as, as a solo artist is uh, very much prog inspired. It's very much uh, for me personally, like it sort of uh, takes from where what Parvaz did on Varan. And, uh, you know, has uh, he has Jayesh Malani, an excellent saxophone player, you know, like doing his stuff on the album. Um, and then even in this live uh, EP adaptation, you know, uh, some of that stuff is going on. So um, in, in a sense, it feels like a sort of, you know, a, it's, it's a classic thing, right? Like where the parts are diverging, uh, but it's sort of diverging like slowly, you know, there, there's no like, just uh, <laughs> like a extreme left turn here or anything like that, you know, it's just a gradual, sort of way of him expressing uh, what he was always doing
0: yeah I, I mean he, he did write he has always been a, a songwriter always been a lyricist so the the, 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 me- the messages or, or, or I would say the lyrical content is something that I feel that we'll be familiar with somewhat but, uh, but I did also notice like th- there was this sense of great progressiveness in his music um, uh, including the track we chose um, uh, Agaz which it's another one of these, like, it, it's a short progressive rock track, but it was just a delight to hear. What what made you feel that this song uh, stood out? I mean, a lot of sa- songs st- stand out, and I actually chose this song. But in your opinion, uh, what makes Agar stand out from, from this project?
1: I think one of, the, one of the first things was that, you know, it was, like I said before, Raskashev singing. And I think the other thing was that it is it is a Kashmiri song, uh, you yep. know, the lyrics are Kashmiri. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, I don't understand most of what this means. I mean, at best, I could pick up some words and sort of uh, contextualize. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, the fact that, uh, that that I was sort of just feeling these words, feeling the, the, you know, like the emotion behind the words, rather than, you know, trying to understand what he was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in itself is, is just a wonderful feeling as always. Um, and uh, that, that's one, one of the things. And I think it's also... The way it progresses and the and even this adaptation EP version of it, um, you know, it's just so uh, it sort of progresses into this very turbulent, uh, you know, psychedelic, all sorts of things going mm-hmm. on, which is yeah, just such a delight to hear um, over headphones. But at the same time, like this time, you're hearing it, thinking, yeah, I definitely want to see this live.
0: <laughs> you know what you described is such a uniquely Indian uh, situation. People like you in your genre of work, especially where you are picking up indie Indian music from so many different artists. There are so many languages, which anyways, this is kind of a cliche about India. You know, we have hundreds, thousands of little dialects, whatever, you know, but even in our mainstream music, I'm sure you come across music in English, Hindi, Kannada, Kashmiri, Tamil, Marathi, like all. And you may not even understand half of it, but, but there's a certain vibe to it musically. And there's a vibe to the, you know, to that Indian emotion that somehow stands out. And I feel that's uh, people who are listeners of music in, a, in most other countries won't be able to relate to that because in general, you know, your country's music, one country's music is more or less a language and its dialects, right? So so is that, some, I, I'm going, I know I'm going off a tangent here, but you, since you mentioned that the album, uh, that this song was in Kashmiri, it, it made me think about that. It made me think about this, just the delight of having to hear music in so many languages as an Indian music listener. Is that something that, you know, you feel you've experienced quite often?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the most exciting things about this, you know, that uh, you get to hear uh, people just write into you, you know, and and the fact is that the artists themselves don't have any inhibitions about that, you know, they're not going to be like, oh, you know, my album is in Manipuri, who's going to understand Mm -hmm. this, why should I send it to some guy sitting in Bangalore or Mumbai or anywhere, Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, they don't have any inhibitions, and I think as as listeners of and, and supporters of independent music, like uh, I think we have to drop those inhibitions as well, right? So uh, it it really comes through that way. It's it's uh, there's been so many wonderful projects which I still have no idea what they're talking about, but you know it's just uh, incredible music that sticks with me. Um, well, we build this up long enough. Uh, I think it's time
0: for us to play the song of the of the month now. Uh, Anurag, thank you so much for joining me for this month, and the song of the month is. Agaz by Mir Kashi Fidbal.
2: jitene abaa tava hums sari
0: Pratik Santaram joins us from Landor. Pratik, how are you doing?
3: Pretty good. Just having a very bad hair day. So yeah, but apart from <laughs> that, all is
0: good. The, the, this is exactly why I don't even have hair. You know, I keep I keep things short. I don't have any bad hair days. I have no hair days. Uh, <laughs> no hair uh,
2: days.
0: So so Pratik, uh, we are here to talk about Geraya, and Geraya was uh, released. I would say now it's been over a month on Amazon Prime was very hyped, overhyped before its release, like there was a mm-hmm. lot of high expectations, you know Deepika Padukone, this, these are back to back Deepika Padukone movies we're discussing because um, she had a small role in 83 too, remember, but of course this is a movie where she plays like a, a huge and important she's the main character here
2: Tell me you want this too
4: I don't want to get hurt again Be sabhar, be sabhar.
0: So, uh, before we, you know, I, I ask you, Pratik, about your sort of perspective about this film. I'll, I'll just give a little bit of background. It's a romantic drama directed by Shakun Batra. He made Kapoor and Sons, 2016, which was a pretty fun movie, too. Uh, Ghiraiya stars, as we said, Deepika Padukone and Sidhan Chatravedi. And then, uh, as the side characters, uh, Ananya Pandey and uh, dharya Karwa. And then, of course, everyone's favorite older actor, the legendary Nasruddin Shah. Is of course in this too. The story is about Padukone's character. Her name is Alicia who carries some trauma from childhood uh, regarding her mother. Uh, so she and her boyfriend they reconnect with their rich cousin-sister and this cousin-sister's new fiancé and the fiancé is Zane who's played by Chatravedi uh, Alicia and Zane Thanks. soon get into a romantic affair behind their respective partners' back and then that sort of sets things in motion. So, uh, you know, th- this is not the kind of film that I would usually watch, but just considering the hype, I was like, okay, let me, gi- let me give this film a chance. It-, it kind of had that feel of those old-fashioned uh, Hollywood, you know, those Demi more dramas uh, from the 90s, yeah. like Disclosure, Fatal Attraction. It was trying to be like that, you know, uh, the yeah. kind of film that yeah. our parents won't allow us to watch in the 90s, mm-hmm. except that the Garaya had a lot less actual sex compared to those films. Uh, so, sorry for anyone who is tuning into this for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but 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 there's a lot more drama surrounding the the, the sex itself. So I, I'll let you start, Pratik. Like what, what what did you go in expecting of this film, and what did you walk out after you were done watching it?
3: So I think just like you, like this is not a movie I would have watched uh, normally, just because. I am not that into like romantic dramas as this movie has been hyped, but um, also there was there was a bit of I mean I was kind of uh, told that you know it's a different movie, uh, so I said well alright why not why not give it a go and again as you said it was really hyped up uh, at the time of the release of uh, first release, um, but yeah I went in uh, not expecting a whole lot I kind of from the trailers and what I would seen I kind of guessed what it was about. But I was, it is, good, it is a good watch. Like, I I will say, like, I watched the whole movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's something. Uh, like. your, your
0: review of the film is that you finished the film.
3: I finished the film, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but not honestly. Like, and there were reasons for that and which we'll get into. Okay, so let me just start saying this. because we'll, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'll definitely keep referencing this. Yeah. The movie takes its name very literally. Uh, okay. The reason yes. why I'm saying that is... Giraya means death uh, in Hindi. Depths. It it really like it starts off quite simply. Like even though, like the the, the there is like infidelity, which is not like a very common thing in uh, Indian cinema. Yeah. Uh, and it it starts off like a simple story, hmm. but it gets w- more and more and more complex to the point of it actually. Again, I I hope this is not a spoiler, but it actually reaches like thriller like proportions. At least that's the intention. Uh, towards the end. So it, it really kind of, I like that. I like the, more than the film and the story. I like the idea behind it and, and the mm. effort behind that. So I think I think that's there. Uh, we, we'll talk about performances of course. How, how about you? What, what do you think about
0: it? You know, like almost exactly the same thing. Like I, uh, just like you, my, my from what I heard, I wasn't going to watch it, but then a lot of people said that a lot of people have very polarizing expect uh, sort of reactions to it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people tended to really dislike it, and a lot of people thought, you know, that oh, this movie was really cool and you know to, the way it changed or whatever. And I and I kind of like rolled my eyes at both camps because I I could understand that the people who were overhyping it were sort of part of the industry who wanted to talk about this film, mm-hmm. you know, who wanted to make it yeah. something, to want to make it something happen. Now, you know, what was interesting was that it it didn't really even I thought this was going to be more of a romantic drama. It turned out to be more of like a financial drama in a way. You know, that the way, uh, like yeah, like,
1: yeah.
0: like Zayn, he had to balance his mortgages, his business, his investments, all the while he's balancing like the two different cousins he's having sex with. Uh, and yeah. Like that was super interesting to me. And now I'll tell you, like, where this movie missed the mark is that I actually didn't feel any sexual chemistry between like basically anybody in this film. Like I didn't really, I didn't really. I didn't really get it. I didn't really understand why these people, you know, except for the fact that it's a film, they, they didn't really put that off. Actually, the most chemistry there was is what is the couple that never hooked up, which is both the both the jilted boyfriend, like Ananya Pandey and um, Dharia Karwa's character.
3: Yeah, um, I, I was I was expect, kind of expecting that, but that didn't happen. But
0: yeah, um, as I said, like yeah, I, I'll probably. Even this that said, that, that criticism said, I, I also kind of agree with you. I, I I enjoyed the film. Like I I don't think it was a masterpiece. I didn't think it was something that, you know, I, I might I don't think I'll watch it again. But yeah, I I I was kind of invested in knowing how this is this madness is going to end because like there's yeah. like things started to get so and so so much more like complicated. And I do respect you 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 brought this up. I, I do like the fact that they they went the extra level in complicating matters they, they they really knotted the the knots tighter and tighter leaving like the characters leaving the character of Zayn like almost no way out and leaving the character of deepika with almost no way out so yeah i i i did like that about it I, I, Padukone is a really good actor and i think she carried this film you know um, she, she i think she she was one of the reasons why it sort of worked you know um uh, like what did you feel about her performance or, and anything else that stood out
3: I'd, so yeah again like it's the movie is about her even, uh, I will say though like it's the character is well written the characters overall are well written at least to start with and of course you know we can talk about like whether they were completely fleshed out or not but uh, at least her character was pretty good uh, it started off uh, I think performances overall were good I mean Aninya Pandey was a surprise I mean given that you know, at least the impression i had of her was like a hollywood brat uh, so in that in that sense not 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 a bad functional i mean she played well, a brat yeah, right.
0: so she didn't really had to she, she didn't have to act <laughs> that much was, she 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 gave us what we expected her to be
3: yeah but yeah i mean and just just uh, and again so i will keep coming back to this because i've noticed a lot of things so i'll keep like probably uh, referencing mm-hmm. this but even like it's i mean there there are there are a bunch of like young hot kind of like well-to-do kids, right? And we've seen this before. We've seen this all the way back in like Dil Chata Hai. We've seen that kind of thing, you know, the urbans, yuppies. I don't, do we still call them yuppies? <laughs> like, I don't know. But uh, but that kind of like, you know, the, the upper class kind of uh, this thing. And it started, started off like that, as I said, quite simple. They, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it was just me, but they kept getting more and more unattractive. <laughs> uh, in the sense of, I think that special no no special care was taken to do that because in the beginning of the movie they all were really good looking and I mean of course you can't change their face but the way they presented and I think the way they were shot also was they were trying to make them less attractive or at least they were trying to make them super attractive in the beginning mm-hmm. of the film and towards the end even physically they weren't that I don't know again if you notice this maybe it was just me mm-hmm. uh, they had to look. Like to- they, they, they made
0: them look more human, and like, and, and and the more human flaws you saw in the characters, the less you focused on, I guess, their physical attractiveness.
3: I guess that's what that was, in. and they were like not; they were super cool in the beginning. You know, they, they were wearing shades and they're going like, uh, they're doing like, whatever it is that rich kids do. Uh, <laughs> towards the end, like, they become very like real people, as you said. They become become very real people with real complications, and yeah, they they're not they're not that good looking anymore
0: uh was da- da- a big
3: take-over. <laughs> big takeover. My big takeaway. No, but I think it was done on purpose. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's why I like the idea of this film. And even, even like the smaller actors who are quite insignificant. What, what's his name? Uh, Rajat, Rajat Kapoor.
0: Rajat Kapoor was that's good. Yeah, yeah.
3: He was good, and and you know he's, he plays a very insignificant role. But in the big, in the, in fact, he's not there for a good part of the movie. But towards the end, his role becomes very, very important. his character becomes very important.
0: It, so it, it, it was like, strange to see him uh, again, this is kind of a spoiler, but it was strange to see him be so vicious. you know like I didn't I, I, I've rarely seen that side of him in films. Um, and, he, and he pulled that off. Uh, I, I, I' gotta say I also agree with you like I, even though this movie is imperfect and there were you know many annoying things about it. I'm glad that they made it because it was different and Bollywood needs different films. We always talk about that. We always like praise films that kind of take a risk or take a chance like this. Um, I think it's very rare for Indian narratives to present characters with so many complexities and so many different motivations, you know. Um, the, 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 Deepika's character, she's she's not perfect, but she's somebody that we empathize with. Zayn's character is obviously a mess. Siddharth Marotta's character, Zayn, he's... He, and But at the same time, like, I don't know if everyone empathizes with him because he's using everybody, but he's not yeah. like a clear, like you know, Darth Vader Mogambo villain either. Like he's not no, he, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, or at least for most of the film, think, things take a turn. Um, so, so stuff like that. I I I think they do a pretty good job at making us care for all of these flawed, flawed characters, which are these good looking young people, as you said. Um, it that that's rare for Indian cinema. And so, you know, I'll say that. And also, uh, th- this is probably at least 80 times better than the last time Bollywood did a mainstream movie about adultery, which is Kabi Alvida Nakena. So, <I'm, laughs> I mean, I'm on the camp of a lot of people actually prefer <laughs> Kabi Alvida Nakena on social media. And I'm like, you guys are insane. Yeah. That, there's no way I could even watch <laughs> 10 minutes of the movie again. Oh, yeah.
3: I don't, I, I don't think I've seen that movie at all. Uh, you, you, you can actually, say yeah, Alvida
0: to the, the, the thought of ever seeing that movie again. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Oh, by the way, we've been calling him Siddhan. I he's Siddhan Chaturvedi. Sidhan uh, Chaturvedi.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, then
3: uh, yeah, <laughs> Zain. Yeah, but but it's like great acting by him. Also, like uh, you know, he he like surprised us all. And uh, well, I I actually have been a fan of his. Uh, he he works in this show called Inside Edge, like the cricket mm. show. Uh, so yeah, and he played, of course, in Gully Boy. Yeah,
0: that that's how I knew Gully him. Boy. Yeah, Gully Boy. Yeah
3: uh the story does drag i i would say uh in bits at least in the middle in the latter half, but then it picks up again uh but yeah i mean again, well, a, lot of, said,
0: a uh, lot of Bollywood films could be half an hour shorter and and this definitely could have been this would have been a way more thrilling film if it was like you know twenty five minutes or thirty minutes shorter that's why it drags um but yeah that's i I don't know why Bollywood does
2: this. <laughs>
3: Also, I'm glad you brought up the whole financial aspect because a lot of these movies, especially the, the urban movies, they just have money. They, they just, just have, have money.
0: money. Like, yeah, there's no just explanation.
3: But this shows that like, there's a consequence. Like, you can have money, mm. but how do you get that money? And I, I, I actually like that. Mm. And it actually shifts gears a few times, this film. So as mm-hmm. you said, it goes from like, this just this movie on cheating to suddenly mm-hmm. this guy who's like, you suddenly get like glimpses of Wall Street coming in. Mm. uh something like that and then you suddenly have a very different kind of it changes it, it turns uh, a few times so yeah I mean overall as you said could have been half an hour shorter could have worked with a little more I don't know um a little a little slicker editing or or just like a totter storyline. Mm. Um yeah but but again as I said you know as you said as as I came out of it like entertaining entertaining, I would say watch it the acting is good, solid, top class and it's different, I think that's the main takeaway. it is different from a lot of the films that have come
0: uh, well, well so, 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 so we've had the, probably the most unsatisfying take on Gehraniya because pe- people either are polarized, they either love it or they hate it and we are sort of,
2: yeah.
0: kind of in the middle, we're like, it's okay, it's fine <laughs> you, won't be, you, know, you, you won't be wasting your time, uh, well Prateek, thank you for joining me and uh, we will not let this conversation drag as long as the movie did. We will edit it and be taught about this conversation. Uh, thanks a lot for joining me to speak about this month's uh, film, which was Gehraya. Uh, and I'll catch you soon. Shasta Vashnav, Shasta, welcome back to What's the Chucker? How are you doing? How are things?
4: Thank you, Karan. Things are all right. man. it's great to be here as always. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, Shasta. I know you've been through some tough times recently, but I feel that uh, there's no better distraction than literature,
4: and this is why.
0: This is why I, I, when I asked you to, to, to you know, show up for this month's recording, I wasn't sure, but I think, I, th- I think you, you're yeah. pretty eager to also, to also get your mind up things to talk about books.
4: I am, I am, I am. I really, I think, uh, I, I, like I was saying, it's the best way to lose yourself and to sort of, you know, lose yourself in another world, especially when this one gets a bit hard. So, um, yeah, tell me about the book you're reading.
1: Well, I'm
0: not I'm not going to make things easy because I, I read a pretty dark book. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs>
4: okay. Uh,
0: so it, the novel I finished, and, and I wrote about it on the Chakra a few months ago, it's a legal fiction by Chandan Pandey.
4: Nice. Um, okay.
0: Legal fiction is a. It was a Hindi novel. It was actually published as uh, Vedhane Gulp a few years ago, and then okay. it was translated by Bharat Bhushan Tiwari as Legal Fiction just last year. I was say last year, twenty twenty, something like that. This is. I mean, it's a very short novel, as you can see. It's a um, hundred and something, hundred forty-seven pages, something around that. This is a truly urgent novel. Like it's about these tensions of India's Hindi belt heartlands, which where I'm from, I'm from Aranasi uh, in Uttar Pradesh. Uh, and this novel is based in a small town near Gorakhpur, which is not far from Um, uh, Or I guess, I mean, it's, it's far from UP sense, but not far from the pan-India sense. This is, there's a confluence of Hindu and Muslim identities in this town and and in many regions across UP, you know, there's that Ganga Jamuna Tajib, as we say. Um, right. And this novel really touches on a lot of serious urgent issues about the clash of religions and identities. So I'll just like, explain the, the plot very simply is that the narrator is Arjun Kumar and he's sort of a um, he's a version of the author himself a version of Chandran Pante himself uh, Arjun okay. Kumar is an author based in Gurgaon And he gets a call from his ex-girlfriend, Anasuya. And he hasn't heard from his ex... uh, Arjun Kumar is married now with with the wife. But he hasn't heard from his ex-girlfriend in years. And Anasuya tells Arjun that she's calling from Noma. And Noma is a fictional small town near Gorakhpur, It's close to the Bihar and Nepal borders. Uh, Anasuya's husband is a man named Rafiq who has gone missing. And the police have refused to register an FIR. So now the rest of this very short book is about Arjun taking a trip down to this small town called Noma and he's in his attempts to find and it's kind of absurd like he, he he's attempting to find his ex-girlfriend's husband who's missing and he hasn't right. heard from he doesn't even he didn't even know this husband existed he hasn't heard from this ex in a decade um, And as you can probably tell by the name this is an inter-religious marriage uh, you know and they're yeah. now automatically in this small town there's rumors of love jihad quote-unquote love jihad on Rafiq that he um, that he entrapped this woman, hmm. and now he's gone missing. Uh, so Arjun shows up to this small town and is just, you know, it, it, it it's a Kafkaesque narrative. I think this novel. One of the reasons I picked it up is because Amitabha Kumar, in his um, in his review in the back in the back of this book, actually said called it Kafka in theoria or Kamu in the cow belt. So it's a, it, oh, I'm yeah. like okay, this is totally like this is totally down yeah. my lane, right? So Arjun shows up and everyone from the police, local politicians or other bureaucrats, they either are trying to avoid him or his line of questioning or trying to distract him with something completely different, you know, so to sort of like not really be helpful in this case. Um, now, what Arjun discovers is that another another young woman is missing. Uh, a, another young Hindu woman called Janki is missing. And she is um, a student of Rafiq. So Rafiq was a teacher and a playwright. And Janki was one of his students. So both teacher and student are missing. So the police kind of draw the the conclusion that the the, the Muslim teacher and his uh, Hindu student have run away, leaving the other wife, Anasuya. I mean, the heart of this novel, even so, so this is like the basic sort of framework, but heart of the novel is really Arjun's own interiority, which I found the most interesting. The more time he spends in search of Rafiq, like the more he starts to learn about him, he reads Rafiq's diaries. He, he starts to like imagine, it's very funny. It's like in, in real time, he starts to empathize with other people and he starts to put himself in the shoes of other people. So he's starts yeah. to imagine the suffering of Anasuya. He's um, uh, he trying to imagine the troubles of Janki's family. He, yeah. And he's just obsessed with Rafiq now. He, you know, he's reading his diaries. He's reading Rafiq's words. He's reading Rafiq's like uh, dramas. He's writing a play. Uh, And the more he learns about this man, he's just the more and more he sort of embodies himself as this man who he's never met, you know, Uh, who he's here to look for and why he's here to look for him just because he's like got big city connections, like he's just an author with big city connections. That's his only sort of thing. Uh, So this novel is like, you know, side by side, it's a mystery thriller and it's a social commentary, you know, and it's of course like a psychological treatise of this, you know, this man in search of another um right. we, we, we don't ever really get to see Rafiq um we don't really get to see a full-fledged picture of Rafiq know like he's mm-hmm. ne- he, we don't, but we get him through Arjun's obsessions yeah i mean it's and 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 he packs it all in into this one very short novel like it's basically it's action from the beginning it's he, he gets to the small town and the ball gets rolling and it's absurd yeah, it is like it is Kafkaesque in a way uh, in the way things sort of unfold for Arjun.
4: Right. And what is the writing style of this? I'm quite curious if everything's so like fast-paced. It, it, it's
0: pretty plain. And I think that's what I've discovered. Uh, when I mean plain, I don't mean that as a, like a plain. It's not uh, insulting. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's direct. It is like like things right. just happen. Boom, 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 right. boom. And, and I feel that is... <laughs> so, so, but, but what happens is that I think it's plain on purpose because the novel right. the, the, the is told from Arjun's perspective. But every time we get into Rafiq's uh, imagination, or uh, Rafiq's words... or. Uh, it suddenly becomes really lyrical and poetic and literary. And I think uh, Chandan Pandey, the author, he did that on purpose to show the difference between the the author writing yeah. the story and the man he's obsessed with. Um, sure. And and, it, and I think another reason why it's written in this way, in like this plain speaking way, is because, you know, Hindi literature of this kind, I think it's, it's trying to have that small town widespread reach. I think it's trying to reach people who are not, you know, who, who you just want the story yeah. to be told as it is. Um, but 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 it is very uh lyrical and it, and it is definitely good literature, if, if that's like the thing. Okay. You know, good literature can okay. be very plain. I mean, we mentioned uh, Camus and Kafka. They wrote they didn't really yeah. write that uh in a grand way, in a in a Rajdi way, you know. They wrote yeah. things as they were. Um, yeah, it's it, it is I w- I will definitely recommend it. You know, um what was interesting is like this novel was was called Brave you know, a lot of the reviews said, oh, what a brave novel to write about these issues. Um, and it's, it's sad, like, because I wrote about it in my review that it is brave, but, 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 but the bravery of this situation isn't, the, the, it's brave because it's just telling the truth. It's telling the truth about how parts of India is. And I think parts of India are so like messed up. They're so fucked up that just telling the truth sometimes is considered to be a brave thing, you know? Um, <laughs> so true. so so i guess in in that sense it is indeed a pretty brave piece of work
4: no no that's true and it's so timely with this whole kashmir files issue and all of that in the sense like uh, i mean i think uh, of this problem unfortunately is always on so it's not even a timely thing it's just like in our country this hindu muslim you know thing is always on but yeah it sounds like a really interesting novel i like these fast it's a good change to sometimes read a fast-paced novel you know where everything's just happening and it's not like yeah. you know
0: <laughs> it's a good um, mix it's a good mix of action and interiority and and, uh, right. and the interiority is saved for um, sort of Ar- arjun's obsessions with you know other characters so yeah uh, definitely enjoyed it I'm curious to know if what you read has any intersection to what I read because we like to look for those threads, but I don't know if you always find them.
4: Yeah. So, you know what? I mean, no, I I feel like if I have to think, so I'll tell you and maybe you can find one. So I read a very famous author called Alice Munro. It's called... um, yeah, Runaway Stories by Alice Munro, and this is my first Alice Munro novel. Are
0: okay. these are short stories uh, or, or it's a novel?
4: Sh- short stories, short stories. So of course, there's a there is a, a continuing theme in her novels, which is basically she so she's uh, really really well known for short stories. She's won a lot of prizes, including the Nobel Prize in Literature, and you know a lot of lot of big prizes. And I was very curious, so when I started reading her. I was. I didn't actually get it. I didn't get why she was so you know uh, so celebrated. Like if you see, this book has an introduction by somebody called Jonathan Franzen, and he yes. has he yeah, he's has he's a legend. Yeah. yeah, he has raved 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 about her to such an extent that he said you know these are perfect. Like somebody's um, somebody's uh, you know. Uh, uh, review here it says runaway is so good i don't want to talk about it (laughs) right yeah literally literally like everybody has raped so i think i was expecting something very different when i started reading these stories because for me short stories have been like you know the ones that have a twist in the end like you know with the with royal dash uh, short stories or O. henry or you know where you have these like really, like, uh, a quick, beautifully wrapped up stories where you're, you're you're surprised by each one, you know. So, when I started reading Alice Mano stories, it, feel, it feels like very slice of life, like, you're just getting into somebody's life, you're reading about a year or two of it, and then you're moving on to somebody else's life. I'm not sure if I love that, because just when you started getting invested in person X's life, it's over, and then you move on to person Y. So, I'm not sure that I love that but at the same time I can see why she's so uh, popular because each story really really is like a mini novel mm. so whether whether it's the time so this particular one is of course the the continuing theme is running away so whether it's you know somebody running away from a bad marriage or somebody running away from a passionless uh, relationship or someone uh, sort of running away from their life from their families from their small towns so of course that is the thread uh, that goes through but the fact is that each story is so um, like of course her, she writes much more in depth about her women characters and the men can be like every man kind of thing but the women are very very so each story really gets into their lives their their childhoods, their middle age you know what they're feeling their emotions like it's you feel like you know the person really well, and mm-hmm. you're quite invested in their life. So um, so for example, the first story is about, and all of them are actually set in a small town in Canada. So this is the first time I'm reading about so much about a Canadian small town, you know, so the first story is about how a woman wants to uh, escape her bad marriage, and you know, she takes the help of her neighbor, And, um, and there are three stories about one protagonist, like a lady called Juliet, who sort of escapes her life, goes on to, goes on a journey, falls in love, you know, you know, she has her, um, she has her child. And then, then, so there are various stories that are sort of connected with the same characters. So you really feel like you're reading uh, different parts of their lives in each story, you know, like, for example, the next story was, is about. The protagonist's daughter who's now estranged from her in adulthood so you know it's it's con- they're connected in a way you know so I feel like uh, yeah I feel I feel like it's growing on me like these short stories and Alice Munro's writing and everything is growing on me for sure so um, I would definitely like to read more of her work yeah and uh, I'm not so sure that I'm a big the biggest fan of this format like I said but uh, yeah I would like to explore it further but so
2: this
0: is what I'm reading. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have read some of her short stories first and I actually read it for like classwork. Like it was something like, she's the kind of author that like the teachers of writing, the teachers of short story yeah. writing especially, they yeah. they teach because she's like considered like, you know, a goddess in in, in that sense. Both both short stories and her longer work. Um, yeah. And and you, I think from my experience, from what I remember, what she always got right was that she she, she was always... She had the, she had her finger on the pulse of the community. Like she knew what the the voice of the, the group thinks. And then, and then she will pick and choose standout individuals or standout characters from this community and, and yes. add like complications to those relationships. And I felt that yes. like, like she, she was a, she was a master at doing that. So I wonder if, if um, like in these short stories, can you give me some examples of like the stuff that stood out to you?
4: i feel what's, what yeah what stood out is the mindset of these women so all these women in these characters seem to be small town women escaping something escaping their families their you know the, this this closed environment around them and their state of mind mm-hmm. is confused lonely for the most part confused lonely very very uh, uh, so the of course the the whole um, the whole theme of just at the end of the day being left by everybody you love or rather leaving what is safe to you know go go out into the unknown because you, you you don't have a choice so i feel like that is something that stood out in terms of she got she got that those feelings really you know she got that down really well so um, and that's what stays with you you know that feeling of these women who just feel so lost and lonely but they somehow make something of their lives and their you know that kind of thing so that's at least so far that stood out to me and of course the descriptions of Canada of this of the countryside of the lakes and the snow and you know you you just feel like you're there it's beautiful you know like um, and like I said I haven't read too much that's set in Canada so it's it's very different you know it's a different setting and and it's not even like Canadian cities it's literally small town Canada so um, yeah that's that's nice and different and also her ability to shift through time Mm. is quite interesting in each in each story you so you don't you, you have to guess the time period based on what is going on there and the person's age and things like that you know so her ability to shift in time is also nice because then you realize that oh this person by what they're wearing or where they're working now is it's they're much ahead and they're not in their 50s or 60s you know now they're towards the 90s or etc so that way I feel like that's well done mm. I, I know why she's so acclaimed but I, I don't know if like I love it as much as I thought I would that's the only mm-hmm. thing you know okay so yeah because I've heard people like rave about her
0: so that's always the danger of uh, picking up something by an author that is so rated so highly that your exactly. expectations are just raised through the roof right I think that's bound exactly. to happen
4: no and like I said I really was used to short stories having a twist or you know being that kind of short story, not like just a slice of life, slice of life, slice of life, which which is also interesting. So,
0: that's a very yeah. contemporary uh, North American thing. I was going to say American, but she's obviously Canadian, so I'm clubbing that together. But that's a very contemporary mm-hmm. thing in North American short stories, where they're they're more about um, like an emotional complication rather than a sort of uh, like a surprise. Like they don't want to surprise right. you. They, but, but but they want to complicate you. They want to make you think, and I feel, um, that, I mean, and in some ways, you know, some of those stories really stand out.
4: No, no, definitely. And and she has written versions of each story. Like there's one of the stories in this book. She's written eight versions of it. Wow. Huh. So you know, yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. So yeah, I'm looking forward to more of her work. Well,
0: you spent your reading. I spent my reading just in the UP belt where I'm from. You went all the way to a small village in Canada
1: we we really really covered
0: covered two very different um, two very different parts of the world here but Shasta thank you so much for for joining me thank you for sharing your time thank you for for picking up a book and reading this month
4: as as we always do
0: and Mm -hmm. I'll catch you soon
4: All right.
0: a big thank you to all the guests for joining us today and of course to all the listeners who have tuned in I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Please check us out on thechakkar.com and we are on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter at The Chucker. Until next time, Chakkar Ghoomte Raho.